The digging continued the next day. Nine other bodies and numerous dismembered body parts were found, including a woman and a little girl. The burial site was christened Hell's Half Acre, and another brother of Dr. York, a lawyer and state senator residing in Independence, offered a 1,000 reward for information leading to the Bender family's arrest. On May 17th, Governor Thomas Osborne added to that amount by offering a $2,000 reward for the apprehension of all four. Word of the gruesome murders spread fast and thousands of people flocked to the sites, including news reporters from as far away as New York and Chicago. The Bender cabin was ripped apart by grues- for gruesome souvenir hunters right down to the bloody bricks that lined the cellar. Bit by bit the story of the Benders was pieced together. The Benders were not what they appeared. They weren't even a true family. The only ones related were Ma and Kate Bender. When the visitors stopped for a meal, they were seated at a table with their backs to a large canvas separating the inn from the living quarters. Then Kate would begin to charm them in with her social skills, flirting or revealing her psychic gifts. As the men gave their full attention to the alluring Kate, Pa and John Bender, hiding behind the canvas, would strike the unsuspecting traveller in the skull with a hammer. Ma Bender and Kate would rifle the body for money, pushing him through the trapdoor into the hole below the cabin, where Kate would slit his throat. The body would then be buried in the garden behind the house at night. Their downfall was the murder of a father and daughter named Launcher and Dr. William York, who had come looking for the missing pair. In the winter of 1872, Mr. Launcher and his daughter had left Independence for Iowa, but were never heard from again. In the spring of 1873, Dr. York took it upon himself to look for the Launchers, stopping at the homestead along the trail to ask questions. Though he reached Fort Scott unscathed and started to return to Independence on March 8th, he never reached home. Dr. York and his two, uh, had two brothers, one living in Fort Scott and the other in Independence. Both knew of his travel plans and when he failed to return home, an all-out search began for the missing doctor. Colonel A.M. York, leading a contingency of some 50 men, began questioning every traveller along the trail and stopping at area homesteads. One of those places was the Bender Inn. The Benders tried to help by admitting that Dr. York had stopped at their place but convinced the search party that he had left and was probably waylaid by Indians. Even with their clairvoy- her clairvoyant abilities, Kate attempted to search for the missing doctor to throw any suspicion off herself. After Colonel York's visit and the meeting at the Harmony Grove schoolhouse, the Bender family fled. Only a few days later, the homestead was found abandoned and the search party began to, d- to discover the grisly remains of the bodies. The diggers were astonished to find what would become known as one of America's first mass murder burial grounds as body after body was uncovered. Ten bodies were found in the Bender's apple orchard, including Dr. York and the people he had been searching for, Mr. Lancher and his daughter, who was just seven or eight years old. More gruesomely, though, the little girl's body was found to have multiple injuries. None of them would have caused death, and it was speculated that the poor lass may have been buried alive. Of the discovery of her remains, the Kansas City Times reported, The little girl was probably eight years of age and had long, sunny hair and some traces of beauty on a continent that was not yet entirely disfigured by decay. 
One arm was broken, the breastbone had been driven in, the right knee had been wrenched from its socket, the leg doubled up under the body. Nothing like this sickening series of crimes had ever been recorded in the whole history of the country. Other bodies found in the garden were those of Henry Mackenzie's mutilated remains. Three men named Ben Brown, W.F. McCarthy and John Geary, as well as an unidentified male and female. Johnny Boyle's body was found in the well. Dismembered parts of several other victims were also discovered but could never be identified. Four other bodies with crushed skulls and slit throats were also found outside the property in Drum Creek and on the surrounding prairie. For all these debts, the benders gained only about $4,600, two teams of horses and wagons, a pony and a saddle, because some of the travelers carried nothing of value. It was widely suspected that the benders killed simply for the bloody thrill of it. As word of the gruesome murder spread, more and more travellers came forward to tell their own stories of the narrow escape, including one gentleman named William Pickering, when he refused to sit with his back to the canvas because of its disgusting stains. Pickering said the Cape Bender threatened him with a knife, so he fled the premises. A Catholic priest said he fled when he saw one of the Bender men concealing a large hammer. After following a fresh trail of wagon tracks, a search party found that the Benders had gone to the town of the nearby Tare, some 12 miles to the north. They purchased tickets to Humboldt on the northern bound Leavenworth, Lawrence and Galveston train. Several days later, the Benders' team and wagon were found a short distance away and the horses nearly starved. Upon further investigation, Captain James P. Ransom, the train conductors, uh, said that John Jr. and Kate disembarked at Chanute and took the Missouri-Kansas-Texas Railroad train south to the Red River country near Denison, Texas, which was then the terminus of the railroad. Allegedly, the pair then fled to a tough outlaw colony along the border of Texas and New Mexico. Meanwhile, Ma and Pa Bender continued on the train north to Kansas City, where it was believed they transferred to a train headed to St. Louis. Attempts to capture the bloodthirsty family were immediately made by both law enforcement and vigilantes alike. Though no one ever collected the reward offered, rumours of several parties who had captured and killed the benders began to fly. One vigilante group claimed to have been uh, to have shot down the men and Ma Bender and burned Kate alive as the witch they believed her to be. Another group claimed they had caught the benders while escaping to the south and lynched them before throwing their bodies into the Verdigris River. Yet another group claimed to have killed the benders during a gunfight and buried their bodies on a prairie. However, none of these tales were confirmed, nor were their bodies found. So most thought that the Benders had managed to escape. For years, sightings of Ma Bender and Kate were reported, and in 1889, two women were extradited from Michigan on the charge. The pair were jailed, but the case was dropped due to lack of evidence. Of the family, Pa Bender was found to have been the man named John Flickinger from Germany or Holland. Though he allegedly committed suicide in 1884 in Lake Michigan, others believe that Ma and Kate murdered him because he had fled Cherry Vale with all the cash and valuables they had taken from their victims. Ma Bender was born Almira Meek in the 
Adirondacks and married as a teenager to a man named George Griffith. After bearing him a dozen children, including Kate, Mr. Griffin suddenly died. Some said of a bad place on his head, resembling a dent that might have been made with a hammer. Afterwards, she reportedly remarried several times, killing those husbands and three of her older children so that they could not testify against her. John Jr. was found to have been a man named John Gibroth. His habit of laughing aimlessly led to, uh, led to him being described as a halfwit, though many afterwards believed this was simply a ruse to disguise his clever nature. Though most were led to believe John and Kate were sister and brothers, others said that they sometimes passed as man and wife. The two were known to have a relationship, and further tales abound that when Kate became pregnant, they would bash in the baby's head once it was born. After the Benders escape, one detective who had closely followed all the leads said that he had traced Gibroth to the outlaw country along the Texas-New Mexico border, where he had found the criminal had died of apoplexy. Keith was the fifth child of Ma Bender and was born to Eli- was born Eliza Griffith. Eventually, she married and went by the name of Sarah Eliza Davis. Allegedly, while working at the Bender Inn, she earned her keep as a prostitute, adding an additional amount to the traveller's bill for the privilege of laying with her. In the end, it was Kate who was primarily blamed for the numerous bloody murders that, even at her young age, was the inspiration for the crimes. Though the tales of what happened to the Benders can only be speculated as to their accuracy, the fact that ten bodies were found on their property is not disputed. Other corpses found in the area and the many mysterious disappearances of other lonely travellers led to the locals to believe that the Benders killed more than 20 people. The sensational tales and rumours of the Benders continued well into the 20th century, but what happened to them remains one of the greatest unsolved mysteries of the Old West. If you like that, then listen to our main show every Wednesday on all good podcast providers. It's Alive Alive, the really, really fake true crime horror podcast. All the guts and gore, none of the guilt. See you on Wednesdays.